right, happy Thursday, Syracuse fans, and welcome in to another Locked On Syracuse. Tim Leonard, Tyler Aki here with you, as always, to help you keep track of the weekdays right now during quarantine, keep you up to date I like on your Syracuse We news. have to buy yeah, into that a little bit more. It's the only, I said happy Thursday at the, off the top, and I have to remind myself before I say it. It's the only way I can keep up wow. with the day, so yeah, no, yeah, so that. That's our yeah. new purpose here at the Locked On Syracuse podcast. It's to help you keep your days in a row. There you go. Right. I like that. It's Someone's got to do we know. it. I think we need a whole date reset. All right. So Thursday, July 23rd. Yeah, maybe we should do that right off the top each time. And then if you're listening to it at a later date and you don't know what day it was, it just fills that in right off the top anyway. But right. today go. we're going to stick with the theme of Thursday. We're introducing kind of a new segment here. As training camp is set to start today for Syracuse football. Woo-hoo! Good for them. Into phase three. Obviously, we've gone on record that the college football season starting in the fall looks very, very bleak, but we still like to talk about Syracuse football because at some point, a season is going to start with this roster and it's still going to be evergreen and worthy of talking about regardless. And all the stuff that we're saying now will hold up whenever that season starts. So, the new segment we've got today is training camp Thursday. Basically, each Thursday, our plan from here on out throughout training camp, we're going to address a burning question in regards to Syracuse football and the upcoming season. One of those questions that is kind of the hot topics going into the season and could be something that could determine just how good Syracuse football is this season. So, A lot to get to on that front because there are plenty of burning questions. We'll start today with our first one, and I want to talk about the 3-3-5 defense, tie because we haven't really talked a ton about it so far, but I think I'll speak for myself at least. I'm excited about the 3-3-5 defense, and I feel like this is the right direction for the program to go in after what was an abysmal year last year, despite having really on paper, what seemed to be going into the season, a strength in the defensive category. They very much underperformed. I still think there are going to be a little bit of concerns, and it's going to be the thing to watch at the start of the season, though, just to see how much it holds up in the early goings. Absolutely. And I think here's the my big number for this three three five defense, as we address this on training camp Thursday. 37. Do you know what that number is, Tim? No, thirty-seven. no idea. Yeah, I, I didn't think you would because it's a very random number. 37 is the number of returning starts for this defense heading into next season. Really only okay. returning four guys, and three of them are in the secondary. So when you put it all together, you're returning about three and a half starts a guy for an 11-man defense with those 37 returning starts. And to me... When you're bringing in a new defense, you're instilling a new philosophy, you've got a new defensive coordinator in Tony White, that is my burning question because you're not only are you approaching this with a new philosophy, but you're doing it with a lot of inexperience too. And it's not like these guys haven't necessarily been on the roster. No, most of them have been on the roster and have been taught something different in a sense for these past couple of years. But now you're diving into something new, and I think that's going to be interesting and especially in a, in a very strange, abbreviated, unorthodox offseason where, I mean, for the most part this summer, you have not been allowed to be around the other guys that you're going to be going to battle with for the most part. That's a whole nother wrinkle to this interesting offseason. 
Yeah, it's not great to have all these new coordinators and a completely new defensive system coming in during this offseason. I will say, though, in terms of switching from one defense to another and installing a new scheme, I feel like this qualifies as, I don't want to say simple because I don't want to dumb it down, but something that is not a complex defense to instill to a team. And bring up to new players because to me this defense is pretty aggressive in nature and Mm -hmm. in reality it's a lot of guys are just taught to sort of attack the gaps especially at the linebacker and safety position and I think that's kind of the big thing with this 3-3-5 defense that I like so much obviously outside of the obvious reasons why you switch to it and you have five defensive backs because the spread offense has become so much of a thing. I mean, Syracuse is playing it on their offensive side of the ball, but other ACC competitors and really any other league besides the Big Ten, it feels like, Big 12, all these <laughs> yep. leagues are are very much all in on the spread offense. So I think they're heading with the times by incorporating five defensive backs. But the biggest thing outside of that is that linebackers are really asked to do something a little bit different this upcoming season and I think linebackers is going to be very very critical that group because they have to be versatile they have to be able to blitz and also cover and be able to switch and rotate and do maybe back-to-back blitzes and then five straight covers and then a couple blitzes and then no covers for a while who knows and I think the linebacker position again is going to be kind of a question mark going into this season So here's something for the linebacker position that I was told a long, long time ago by a former Chicago Bear, and I don't know if you remember him, DJ Moore. He also went on to play for the Panthers, too. Played at Vanderbilt, not the Maryland receiver that I'm talking about here. I was confused because he played at Panthers, too. He's a a defensive back, uh, DJ Moore. So he's because this is when the bears were transitioning from a four, three to a three, four. And I think the, the same concepts generally apply here when you're going from a four, three, like Syracuse was to the three, three, five. It doesn't matter how many guys you have on your defensive line. At the end of the day, on every major passing down, you're going to have at least four guys rushing the passer. You're very rarely going to have only three guys rush the passer. So in this case with the three, three, five defense, you're going to need that fourth pass rusher. And Again, you're you're pulling out an extra linebacker and you're subbing it for an extra defensive back. So what happens is usually in the three three five, you've got your Sam linebacker, your strong side linebacker as that fourth pass rusher. For Syracuse, uh, a unit that's retooling that entire linebacking core, that's going to be Steve Linton for you. And I don't know about you, Tim, but there is not a lot of uh, scouting report out there yes. on Steve Linton right now <laughs> right. for the Syracuse team and what he's going to bring as a pass rusher for the Orange. And I think that is one of the major questions heading into the season is, can the Orange find a guy who's going to really wreak some havoc in the backfield? Because, again, most of those returning starts are coming from the secondary. Josh Black is really leading the way on the defensive end with he's he's got 12 returning starts and then after that really not much. It's going to be interesting cuz you know, I'm very high on Kingsley Jonathan. I think he can be a great pass rusher for this yep. Orange team, but outside of that, I don't know what exactly this team is going to get in the trenches. Yeah, and I think a big difference is the defensive linemen won't be asked to be pass rushers in the sense that 
getting sacks as much as they used to. I see them as more of drawing double teams so that there's gaps for the linebackers and the safeties to come downhill and be aggressive on blitz and fill those gaps. Right, you're going to need speed out of those linebackers too to really infiltrate the backfield like that. Yeah, I think Tyrell Richards actually sort of fits this billing pretty well. We've seen him as a third down. Yeah, Yeah. because he's been really good on special teams too, and I think a lot of what you're going to want him to do applies on special teams, staying home, filling gaps, all that stuff. I think that is going to be a very valuable asset for this team moving forward when it does go to that 3-3-5 defense. And, I mean, we've seen Tyrell Richards play very well on special teams for this Orange squad. And if you can translate that to the defensive side of the ball, then then you're feeling a little more confident. No, I'm definitely excited about him for sure. And one more thing to add on sort of a reason why this might be maybe an easier transition than some are hoping, given that it's a weird offseason and installing a new scheme. Did some research, and obviously Charlie Strong was kind of the guy who was the mastermind behind this defense when he was at South Carolina. It's worth noting, South Carolina went from 0-11 to 8-4 and in the first year that they installed this defense. So Okay. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the, the program saver, this type of de- – I mean, that got me a little more optimistic than I even was before about the three three five defense. Yeah, Obviously, I mean, it's- didn't Arizona State have a bit of a jump, too, once yeah, it they started did. going to this defense and San Diego State, too? So, I, yeah. I mean, maybe this is the thing that, that turns the tide defensively. They were really good – Syracuse, that is, in 2018 defensively, and – Again, aggression is kind of Dino Baber's name of the game, both offense and defense. He, even when he right. was at Bowling Green, he relied a lot on interceptions to help that defense thrive. So if this aggressive defense works out and, and you've got that offense that can keep up with it, then this could be a fun team. But for now, I'm still a little bit skeptical. Of course, we still need to see the season get off the ground too. Exactly. Well, those guys that could be making the interceptions are two guys that we've talked a little bit about during the summer here on this podcast, but they – those two guys being Trill Williams and Andre Sisco, mostly. Andre Sisco has been getting all kinds of accolades. A little bit of a different accolade this time around for Williams and Sisco, though. We'll a tell you about superlative, if you will. A superlative, yeah. And it's a it's a fun list that comes out every year. You might know where we're going with this, but we'll talk about what list they cracked after we first. Give you a quick word from our friends at rockauto.com. It's, of course, the best way to maintain and repair your car or truck right now. No matter what model, no matter what year, no matter what problem you're having in your car. I went the other day. It's now my second time I have gone to rockauto.com to get the best prices and just a safer way to go about the process right now of repairing your car because I don't know about you guys, but I do not want to get in my car right now and go to an auto dealer shop and deal with all that headache that already comes with it, but is especially a headache in the current times right now. So I went the other day, kind of a sad state of affairs that I have had to go twice now to rockauto.com. My car has been doing better, but it was a small fix this time. Got some new lights in front. Last time it was my taillights. Guess the lights just happened to go out at the same time. So I went to rockauto.com. Very easy to use. The catalog is unique very easy to navigate you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle choose the brands the specification and the prices that you prefer and best of all the prices at rockauto.com they're always reliably low they are no different than what you are getting if you're a professional if you're someone who's doing it yourself is a one-stop shop that has a smooth interface very easy to use comes to you in a timely manner in a safe manner right now cannot say enough good things 
about rockauto.com. And when you go there, you have to make sure that you go to their How Did You Hear About Us box and write Locked On in there. That would be big for us, the podcast network here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. If you write that in their How Did You Hear About Us box, they will know that we sent you to rockauto.com, an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Okay, sticking with football now, we just wrapped up our first training camp Thursday. And if you are a football fan and you follow Syracuse football a lot and you follow this podcast for the football reasons, just keep a little mental note that on Thursdays we will be talking a lot of football and maybe come back in your podcast feeds if you're in it for the football reason. But another note on the football side of things, kind of tease the list that we're going to dive into now, which is, of course, Bruce Feldman's freaks list that comes out every single year and always kind of fun to look at this list it kind of is one of those things that signifies the season is coming unfortunately that's probably not the case this year but it still is kind of like oh yeah it's that time of the year again where he drops this list last year Syracuse had one player on the list it was Kenneth Ruff this year they have wasn't two Antoine guys. Cordy on this list it I may have been two was. years ago yeah but yeah I was trying to remember and, you know, I for some reason I thought Josh Black was on the list last year, but uh-huh. and that would kind of make sense, obviously, because he right. is a freak, and you yeah. see <laughs> him pop up in the weight room he a lot. He wants to be the Rock's stunt double. I love I it. I know. So, I, you know, he was kind of snubbed, I think, the past couple years. I don't see why he didn't crack the list, but yeah. I think you, you kind of have to be he a wasn't doing backflips on Twitter yet, jumping off yeah. South Campus Apartments. <laughs> Seriously, what more does he have to do, Bruce, to get on the list? I mean, he's the rock stunt double after all. Maybe someday. But anyway, uh, Trill Williams, Andre Sisko, the two names. Trill checks in at 16 overall in the rankings. And his main quality, or as Bruce Feldman labels it, the freakiest attribute is velocity. I'll just read you what he says on Trill Williams or what he wrote. His teammate Andre Sisco is the guy who gets more of the headlines in their secondary, but Williams, 38 tackles, three forced fumbles in 2019, has emerged as quite a talent too. A trillion, his given name, is a big rangy dude at 6'2", 215, 215 pounds. He vertical jumped 40 inches and has been clocked at a laser timed 4.34 in the 40. Williams up about 20 pounds since last year, which I didn't know was that much. Also has bench pressed 225 pounds 17 times. He is like, I, I read that and I thought maybe he should be higher up in these NFL mock drafts because is there that big of a difference between Trill and Andre Sisco in terms of projecting at the next level? I think that gap is smaller than maybe others are giving credit for. And I think the reason why... Cisco is so much further up as he's started since day one, essentially. I mean, literally day one. He was starting in spring practices, and that's kind of unheard of for an early enrollee freshman, especially a, a, a guy like a three-star in Andre Cisco, who's just kind of coming in there and really doesn't have a, a total grasp of everything, but is being thrown into the fire. Trill Williams has had to, I'm not saying Andre Cisco hasn't had to earn everything, but Trill Williams has had to go through a lot more hurdles than I think Andre Sisco has to get to where he is. There was an established tandem at cornerback, and he was thrown into a number of situations, and he really has delivered every time he's been asked to. And, of course, there's the highlight play 
of where the the freak attribute of velocity is shown off yeah, where he gets say. that the strength which you mentioned with the the benching 225 17 times and also the speed when he takes it all the way to the house after the strip against Wake Forest to seal the deal in overtime that to me it says everything you need to know about Trill Williams. He has the knack for the incredible. Remember when he was on SportsCenter Top 10 in high school for that yeah, unbelievable interception he had? I think it was an interception in a, in a high school state championship game. It was just a one-handed. I mean, he just got up in the air. It was unbe- an unbelievable play. And he's got those qualities. And I think you're right. I think we are going to start to see that gap close a little bit. Now, I do think... Someone who would benefit from a season a lot more is Trill Williams because he has not had the starts that we've seen a guy like Andre Sisco have. But once you give him a little bit of time and you let him go up against some of those Florida State, those Clemson, those uh, who else is on Syracuse? I mean, NC State has produced some pretty good receivers these past couple of years. Yeah. Once he goes against that competition, that's when you're going to see him become more of a marquee name because when you look at a lot of coaches throughout the ACC, they may not fear Syracuse's defense like they did a couple years ago, but if there's one part you'd want to avoid, it's the secondary, definitely, because they've got so many dudes there. Yeah. Well, when I think of Trill, and this might come across as silly when you first hear it, but he's just an athlete, like in every sense of the word. I, I look at him and I think he could be good at, basically any sport if you yeah, dedicate it. I think that's time a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and we're not going to call him Jim Brown and say he can play 13 different <laughs> sure. sports, but I mean, I think he could hold his own if you put him up against anyone. I mean, we see all the time the Clemson football players playing in an intramural league. He's a guy who I feel like could dominate an intramural league and yeah. really just thrive in any sport. You could put him in baseball, basketball, football, soccer, hockey. I mean, he just has those attributes that translate to every sport. Yeah, and in high school, too, when you watched his tape, he was literally an athlete coming to Syracuse. So I think he wanted to walk the onto the basketball field. team, too. Yeah, if I, I think there was. He was one of those guys. Right. Some rumblings of that, for sure. So, Andre Sisco checks in a little behind Trill's 16th ranking. Sisco is 25th on this list from Bruce Feldman. I love the way he words his freakiest attribute. He says speed, but he's sneaky strong too, which I think really summarizes Cisco because he has, like Williams now, really tacked on some strength in the past couple years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, again, there's a reason why this is called the freaks list is because, listen to this, at 6'2", 433 laser timed 40, 4-1 in the shuttle, 36-inch vertical jump, and he's benching 225 17 times. That's just what more stuff can you, you ask can't, for? Yeah, that's <laughs> stuff you can't teach. I mean, that's that's dedication in the weight room. This is a guy who went to IMG Academy, something that I think really aided his development into getting where he is. And then he kind of does it all for you on the field, too. Of course, we know him as the game-breaker with the, the 12 INTs, but he breaks up a lot of passes too. The 16 pass breakups over his 22 games, forced a couple fumbles as well. Again, we, we've kind of seen some questions when the advanced analytics come in about his coverage skills, 
But when you've got guys that can make plays, there's a spot for you at the next level, and that's a reason why you're a freak is because maybe sometimes you can get away with things because of your athleticism. And Andre Sisco, he's certainly thrived from it, but he's also been burnt from it in the past when he relies on it a little too much maybe. Yeah. So for those that say Syracuse doesn't have any talented guys on their team, I mean, two in the top 25 in all of college football. This is not ranking players straight up, but, I mean, the freaks list is kind of a cool thing that comes out every year. It's a good indicator, too, for the NFL. I mean, just looking at some of the guys who have been atop this list these last couple years, and Bruce Feldman has talked about this, but last year the top guy was Tristan Wirfs, who was a a first-round draft pick. I believe he was, like, inside the top 10, maybe. Um, Yeah. But offensive He's the lineman, Iowa guy, right? Yeah, the Iowa draft yeah. pick. And then the, some of the other number ones, you've got Miles Garrett, Jadevian Clowney, Saquon Barkley. I mean, this list, I think, shows something for NFL success. And this year's number one is Quiddy Pay from Michigan. And Michigan, for as much grief as I like to give them, they do have a lot of guys that really belong on this list. I mean, I don't know who has and hasn't been on this list in the past, but Rashawn Gary, Jabril Peppers, I mean, they have had some real freaks come through that program athletically, and Syracuse getting some nicely deserved buzz, and really... I mean, they've got two guys on this list. That's tops in the ACC. I think Virginia also had two guys on the list, or maybe it was Wake Forest. I can't remember exactly. But they were atop the list in the conference. And when this link got tweeted out, too, Bruce Feldman even tagged Syracuse, saying that some nice representation for, and then it listed off four schools, and Syracuse was one of the schools. Yeah, well, only 50 guys on this list. They have two in the top 25. I also saw one of the comments, because this article came through The Athletic, you can comment on it, was Justin B. saying, Syracuse, stand up, with an exclamation mark. So shout out to Justin (laughs) B. if he is listening. I got a kick out of that. I think that was the only Syracuse-related comment I saw. Come on, Syracuse fans are supposed to flood these comments. We're not supposed to be able to just single it out. What's happening here? Well, after we brought it up, maybe we'll send a couple more that way. I I wouldn't be surprised, given the nature of Syracuse and and how active they are in the comment section. But anyway, that kind of wraps up the football portion of today's podcast. We'll go into basketball, kind of, because... We did the Twitter game Tuesday this week around basketball. It was a Syracuse basketball all-time lineup, DraftKings style. So Tyler and I will give you our lineups that we came up with, kind of run down some of our favorite replies, and get into that Twitter game Tuesday next. Okay, time to recap Twitter Game Tuesday. For those that are kind of new to listening to the podcast, we release a Twitter game every single Tuesday on our Twitter page, at LO underscore Syracuse, the Locked on Syracuse Twitter page. Usually talk about it later in the week. Happen to be talking about it today on Thursday. That's usually how it works out. But this week, we did a Syracuse basketball all-time lineup in the form of DraftKings, kind of like how DraftKings does a daily golf lineup or a weekly golf lineup. The pricing, because I or baseball, the golf. baseball starts yeah, today, Tim. Well. You, you, we got to get our our Max Scherzer True. lineups ready. Garrett Cole, opening day, yeah. amazing that we made it. So yeah, that's a better example. Baseball and, and the Blue Jays still don't have anywhere to play. I saw Sean Keeley, the guy who's in charge of Noon's Magician, yeah, suggest that hey, maybe they go play in the dome. Hey, hmm. <laughs> that's pretty good. You don't Actually, have to worry like, about the, the lighting situation. It kind of does. Yeah. yeah, like I right. saw it as a joke, but then I started to think 
I guess the construction's the big problem right now, but I it, like if the construction were done, I think you'd actually have to give it some thought. Right. So a lot of these daily fantasy lineups are $50,000 of salary. It's all priced out based on how good a player is. And then you pick six guys. So in this instance, we're doing a starting five and a sixth man from all-time Syracuse basketball. I won't bore you by going through all the prices, but if you haven't seen, I would just pull up the Locked on Syracuse Twitter page right now, and you can kind of play along with us as we unveil our lineups. Before we get into our lineups, any qualms with the pricing because to me that's kind of like half the fun of making these things is i know that it's going to lead to a lot of people in the comment section saying oh where's this guy why is that guy priced here he got slighted there was a couple people that said fab Mello got slighted which is i think very reasonable and i did see some eric devendorf love because he was priced at seven thousand one of the lower tier guys here's my thing guys don't complain all right. If you're finding value, take your value and run. All right. right. That's that's DraftKings motto number one for you right there. Okay. So when I see Devo at seven K, I'm taking him and I am adding to cart. Yes. And I did the same thing in my lineup. And it's maybe a little bit of recency bias that we think he's more than seven K because of what he does in Bayheim's army and we're fresh off that. But look, that's how these lineups work out in, in real DraftKings too. You we'll get some players that are very highly owned and some players that are very lowly owned because the pricing is never going to be exactly perfect. So that's, that was actually kind of the fun of it for me. And we appreciate all the responses. If you haven't played along, feel free to go to our Twitter page and comment with your lineup, but I'll go ahead and give you my lineup and then we can kind of go back and forth with your lineup as well. I, I went kind of with a lot of modern guys, and again, I made the prices here, so maybe I subconsciously knew the guys that I wanted. Yeah, do we have a little DraftKings scandal here? Yeah, like, wasn't that a big thing because they knew all, all they like the people who knew the prices knew how to manipulate the game or something. Yeah, there were like bots and stuff, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't maybe they figured exactly. that out. Well, this isn't real life, so I can get away with it, but. I'll, I'll give you my lineup. I put G-Mac as my point guard. Kind of right. had to put him because he's just my favorite Syracuse basketball player of all time. So gotcha. I started with him, 9800 I think it's a fair price. Honestly. Are you going most how... expensive to least expensive, or are you going to fill out your lineup? No, I'm, I'm going to fill out my lineup okay. from point guard down. Okay. So then, so G-Mac's my point guard. Tyus Battle at shooting guard. Very cheap, 6800 Yep, that's Maybe a Maybe recency bias, but... I like it. CJ Fair, my small four. Mm-hmm. So again, another modern guy here, 7400 Then we get into some of my higher price guys and some of the old school guys. Billy Owens at 9 k to play kind of the four spot for me or the three, just one of the wing spots. And just a straight up score adds a little bit of everything, can score at all three levels. A guy that honestly is probably underrated in the pantheon of Syracuse basketball all time when you go back and look at his numbers. And then Derek Coleman's my center at 10K, okay. my highest price guy. Leaves Devo as my sixth man, which I had to get in there. And honestly, like having Devo as a sixth man, I mean, that's as good as it gets. I know Dion Waiters no makes a lot of sense too. And there was, was some love from people saying, put Waiters in the lineup. Our friends over at Syracuse Meme said, I'm going Devo six times, but I totally get that because it's it's the mental attitude that we see every single time in Bayheim's army that persuaded me. I had to get him in my lineup. So what do you think overall of that? 
I, I like that lineup. Here, here's mine, okay? So my point guard, one of my favorite, if not, actually, no, I'm not going to say one of. He is my favorite Syracuse player of all time, Johnny Flynn. I'm going to slot him in at my point guard spot. Next to him, I'm going with Devo, all right? So I'm up to 14-6 here. Then I'm going to go to the three with the most expensive guy you've got on the board at Carmelo Anthony, 11-5, yes. okay? Tough so, to get him in. It is very, it's very tough to get him in here. All right. Then at the four, I'm going with CJ Fair. I want a little dog on my team. So at the center position, I'm going to throw in John Wallace for you. Um, and then okay. off the bench, my sixth man, I have to choose the one of the cheaper options, and that's going to be Tyler Ennis. And then I've got 400 to play with. So with that, Tim, you know what I like to say keep the change. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's pretty I'm, good. Wow. So I you... will say, you know, you know what? I. I was very disappointed with the number of key, of people who did not say keep the change. We got, I think, zero keep the changes on this. Yeah. Well, maybe very you can come in. You can be the first. Or I could. Maybe yes. someone listening can go be the first. Yeah. yeah. I. That's amazing. You kept 400 in the pocket there. Yeah. You how could, about that? I mean, you could go add uh, a Sean Belby or someone for, for that price. You yeah. could get another guy on the roster for sure. Um, no, no doubt. No, yeah. but I, I, we always have fun doing these Twitter games, and there were some funny responses. Uh, a couple people were like, I'll do the math later, but this is my team, which is the challenging part. I, I sort of thought about that halfway through making this game. I was like, ah, that's right. Like, DraftKings, when you're doing it, they do all the hard stuff for you. They right, just, yeah. As you put the guys in, they calculate. And unfortunately, we couldn't whip up an app or anything, but... You know, that's that's the only part that made it kind of time-consuming, and you crunch the numbers. There were several times where I had a good lineup, and then I was like, ah, I'm just off, or you, you had looking, to double-check that I was right. I'm looking on our recording right here that I've got rolling on my computer, and so I made my, my lineup in between the break between our second segment and this segment. We're yes, a little inside a baseball here on this. <laughs> it's about 10 minutes. I mean, this was not easy. This was no. not easy to craft this lineup, but hey, yeah. I mean... It's fun. I think this one was was probably my favorite one that you've put out, Tim. I'm a big fan of this one, so well done. Well, we appreciate all the responses, as always, and we will have another Twitter game popping up next Tuesday, so be on the lookout for that at our Twitter page, at LO underscore Syracuse. We'll be back tomorrow. And also tomorrow. props to the Cuse fans, too, because in a lot of these, sometimes you'll see them cowered out. No cowards. So as much as I complain that no one said keep the change, I can also tip my hat to the fact that no one backed out. Yeah, a couple people were like, man, this is hard. And then they gave their lineup. So good for them. I mean, yeah. it's it's tough sometimes group to leave a there. couple guys. Yeah, but anyway... Be on the lookout for our Twitter game next week. Tomorrow on the show, because we are back every single weekday we're with you, we're going to have some fun about the 2022 basketball class and kind of just break down what our dream result is for that class. That class has been getting a lot of buzz. Obviously, Dior is signed and for the moment is still in 2022 right now, and who knows if he'll stay there, but we got to kind of talk about the other prospects that are out there because it's setting up to maybe be a return to a really, really great class for Syracuse basketball in 2022. So we will give you kind of our dream results to that class and maybe some other recruiting news will pop up and we'll be here to break that down for you tomorrow on the show. But until then, for Tyler, I'm Tim, and we'll talk to you guys on Friday.